Well, I want to welcome you to The Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Church, and I'm on today with uh, Christy Becker, who is our children's ministry pastor here at Calvary. And Christy, you preached this past weekend. Um, It's good to have you on with us today. And uh, can you, for those who didn't hear, can you share just the big idea of your message, what it was about? Sure, yeah. We are um, nearing the end of Romans after this um, long study that we've been in the in the book of Romans, and we were in chapter 15, verses 23 to 33, which at first glance looks like some logistical details Paul is closing his letter with. He talks about his uh, upcoming travel plans. He's telling his readers that he's finally going to come see them, but first he's going to go to um, Jerusalem, and, and he's going to come and see them, but it's on his way to Spain that he's going to come see them in Rome. So it just kind of seems like this Like how um, do you preach on something like, like an that? itinerary? Yeah. I'm like, oh, how what 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 might be here? But I was really um and I kind of joked in the message that I I bet no one has these verses highlighted in their Bible. You know, there are a lot yeah. of great verses in Romans that we yeah. highlight or that we have kids memorize, but these probably aren't that. Yet it's, you know, it's just so amazing how um all of God's word is is um for us and yeah. and there's there are things that we can can learn from it. So I in my preparation I was excited to um, to see that. So the big idea is um, make plans for the future, dream big, but but remember remember um, where you came from is kind of how I said it. But keeping your focus on God, His power, His people, and His mission when we're making plans for the future. I think one of the questions that I know I've wrestled with and. Maybe you've wrestled with. Uh, I've t- I know I certainly have talked to many who have. Is how do I know what God's calling me to next? Like how do I know? You know, maybe you're in college and you're wondering, well, is God calling me to such and such a job? Or uh, you know, maybe you're wondering whether or not to get married, and you know, you're you're trying to seek wisdom. What uh, what wisdom would you uh, counsel our listeners if they're maybe in a season where they're trying to d- discern what is God's call on their life? Um, how I mean, what I know that's a huge question, well, I, and it's know, maybe a situation. I, I think but. it's really interesting in this passage. Paul um, Paul does say, you know, let me let me just look at it here. He says, I mean, he is sensing that his current phase of work has been coming to an end, and he was making plans for what was next. So he says in verse twenty three, "Now there is no more place for me to work in these regions." Um, so for some reason, and we don't exactly know why, I read a few commentaries and I really didn't find anything real concrete about why Paul felt like his work was done and it was time to move to something else. Um, so I think that I think that is I think that is a really good question. Um, and I'm not a great one to answer that because I I've had a pretty um, consistent life. I mean, I have lived within a f- five mile radius of, you know, all my life. And um, I've been at this church since I was a kid. And I've been, um, I've lived in my current house for 17 years. I've been married to Corey for, you know, 27 years. So I don't have a lot of experience with <laughs> with doing new things or, or going new places. Um, but so, you certainly have experienced, I mean, different versions of like your call here at Calvary. Oh, sure. And- um, different positions sure. and um, yeah, yeah. How we discern that is I, that is that is a question for for the ages. I think um, I love this podcaster and author named Emily P. Freeman. She has a podcast called The Next Right Thing, and she also has a book by that title. And she did a podcast a while ago. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. Sure. Um, and it talks about how 
Just because you've been doing something for a long time doesn't mean you have to keep on doing it. Just because you are good at something doesn't mean you have to keep on doing it forever. Just because you enjoy something doesn't mean you need to keep on doing it forever. And I think for some people, maybe for me, um, there tends to be this this like sense of loyalty. Like I've just been doing this for a really long time and I should mm-hmm. keep on doing it. And and those those words that Emily P. Freeman gave um, just helped me think about things differently. Like it's okay to change your mind or it's okay to change course. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Tucker? What's well, been your experience? Like, I've, What are the indicators of, of when it's time to make a shift? This is a, I, I too think it's a challenging question. Um, I just read a, I, re, I just read a book last week where the author mentioned that this, it was a book specifically on pastoring, but I think it can be applied outside of a pastoring context where he said that we should be really careful not to, we should be really careful and not actually say that God called me to pastoral ministry. And at first I thought, well, I don't know what I think about that because I do think God clearly calls people to do certain things. But I think his point was sometimes we don't know God's call until after the fact, like looking back as we see how God's worked in our life. And so instead he says we aspire to pastoral ministry or apply it to a different context. We aspire to work in a nonprofit. We aspire to be in the business world. And I do think there's some wisdom there because um, I do think sometimes we don't know with certainty what God's call is in our life until after the fact. But what we do know is that God's calling us to be faithful to his mission regardless of where we're at. So whether that's in pastoral ministry, whether that's in the business world, whether that's raising a family, God's calling us to faithfulness. He's calling us to discipleship. He's calling us to um, model Christ in those contexts. So I, I like to. I've had a couple of conversations with people in the congregation, and they've asked me that question: How do I know if God's calling me to this? And I like to respond with, you know, I we don't really know for sure, but we do know with certainty that God's calling you to faithfulness, regardless of whether or not you go down a particular path. So I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts yeah, on that? Do you think that's, that's good? Yeah. I I mean, that was something that came came out in in this passage as well just you know i talked about each of the so so paul has this travel itinerary of um jerusalem and then rome and then spain and Mm -hmm. at each of these checkpoints um at each of these points in his journey it kind of shows something about his priorities so when he was talking about um going to spain the thing that we learn from that is that paul valued the mission god gave him like Mm -hmm. paul's call was to preach about Jesus in places where Jesus hadn't been preached about yet. And so, you know, he had done a lot of this in the area of Asia Minor and Greece and Turkey. And, you know, he felt like he'd, he'd done that. And so he was shifting his, the place that he was doing ministry, but his mission hadn't changed. Now he's looking for a new place to go to preach Jesus to people who hadn't heard about Mm -hmm. Jesus before. And I think that really, I think that really applies to this conversation and and to our own lives where the circumstances of our life are going to change based on our geography, our life stage, our family situation, um, what we're interested in. But so there will be changes there. But if we can stay focused on um, 
you know, being faithful to God's God's bigger call on our life to yeah. to you know have a relationship with Jesus, to obey Him, to share Him with others. Um, that brings stability, no matter yeah. what we decide to do. If we decide to change, go to do a different job, or move to a different neighborhood, or um, um, you know, fill in the blank on any of those life choices, the circumstances change, but our bigger um, mission hasn't. We're you know, regard if I'm if I'm doing this job or that job, I still am following God, and yeah. um, and so I think I think that's kind of a big general answer. I think in my own life, as I think about discerning change, I think something that I've, you know, kind of am growing in is just paying attention to, um, paying attention to just what's going on inside of me. Yeah. Um, maybe not looking as much for the big, the, these big, big signs externally on that would point me in directions, but paying attention to just how I'm feeling about things or what I'm interested in or kind of where my heart is, um, where my heartstrings are pulled. And Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of maybe earlier in my life, I maybe dismissed those things, but I think that God works through those things. I mean, our, you know, um, so, so I think for me, it's just, I've been growing and paying attention to, to those things. And recognizing that those are also signs, those are also um, ways that God um, points us in different directions. This past weekend, too, we also mentioned that we have a new spiritual gifts inventory on our website. And sort of to your point, I mean, I think also looking, how has God wired us? How has he gifted us? Because I think oftentimes our gifts and spiritual gifts, they they come naturally. It's, I think, for the most part, something that we enjoy. And so I do think it's important to pay attention to that. I mean, are are you in a place where you feel like you're using your giftings, or where your giftings you're using them a you know a fraction of of the time? Maybe let's take a hypothetical example. Let's say someone's in the business world, or there's you know someone's in some job and they're they're wondering what's next. How would you like? Let's say you're sitting across the table and having a cup of coffee. How do you counsel them to know like if it's if it's time to to transition to something else, if it's time to um, perhaps use their giftings in a different way in the context where they're at, um, is there a right or wrong answer? I mean, is it? And it's in some ways it's hard to know. But right, I you, think I think I think one of the reasons people can get frozen in making decisions is because they don't want to make the wrong decision and they don't want to get off. They don't yeah. want to get off off course of what maybe they think God's will for their life is. You know, like what if I make the wrong decision? Then yeah. then I'm, then I'm then am I in God's will and can I ever get back? And yeah. um, I think we can over overcomplicate that and maybe um, overanalyze it. And mm-hmm. um, so I so so I think um, yeah I, I I I think it's important to obviously. Um, take time with those decisions and to, um, you know, pay, you know, pay attention to um, what you're interested in and, and where your passions are. And then, you know, obviously talking to people around you who know you well and who have wisdom and getting their, their insight. But, um, and, and then, and then, and then listening to God, you know, talking, asking, asking God for, for, for direction. Um, And, um, Oh, that's. I think that's good. You know, I th- I think it's I think it's internal. I think it's with others, and I think it's with God. Yeah. And I think it's and I think it's like 
fighting against that fear that, oh, I might make this wrong decision that can never be can never be changed. And I don't know, my generation might see this differently than your generation does, Tucker. I mean, I'm I'm almost 50. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, like I said, I've been doing the same thing for a long time. And, um, you know, my parents' generation worked in the same career for the same job for their entire career. And I think younger people like my children, for yeah. example, they, it's much more u- typical for them to make changes more often. So I don't know, maybe the younger generation doesn't have as much trouble with this. You know, as you were talking, it made me think that sometimes we're so focused on what is God calling me to next that we forget that he's calling us to faithfulness in our current context. Yeah. And right. like faithfulness, where we're call- like where we are now, mm-hmm. I mean, we know for certain that God's calling us to faithfulness, to Christ, to making disciples, to evangelism, like you were saying, wherever we're at. Um, and not letting like what's the next chapter of our life distract us from faithfulness now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think that comes what comes to mind so much in that is um family. You know, I mean, whatever we're the families that we live with and the the people that we love and are committed to, like they're right with us in the present. And I think sometimes we can become um so focused on um what are we going to do next? And what's the next career move or what's the next, you know, yeah. the next house I'm going to buy that we, that we, um, that we, f- that we forget that there are things that God has asked us to do right where we are in terms of loving our families and yeah. caring for our coworkers that we're currently with. And um, so I think it's, it's a something to balance for sure. I can't remember who said it, but uh, someone said that like 90% of our life is spent in the mundane, just the mm. daily activities, the daily grind. And, I think sometimes we can forget like how profound some of just those mundane activities are. I mean, I, I think of like Brother Lawrence's practicing the presence of God, you know, this, um, this monk who saw the most menial tasks as an act of worship. And um, I think it's learning to see the mundane differently. And that's hard in a, in a context where we see everybody's highlight reels with yeah. social media or – um, living in a celebrity culture with, you know, like this, I think everybody in the back of their minds perhaps has this desire to be celebrity to, to some extent, or at least maybe that's a, a childhood dream that maybe surfaces itself on occasion. But the reality is 99% of us are going to spend 90% of our lives in the mundane. And how do we, how do we live faithfully in those mundane moments is I think something that we probably should talk more about and just in general. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, celebrity is definitely celebrated. People who have a platform um, are the ones that are, you know, I mean, we, we kind of aspire to that, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the place that we really can, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's so much impact that we can have just in the mundane yeah. in the, you know, in the caring for our, our, our children yeah. in the, um, taking care of our responsibilities at work. Um, yeah. um, so I think that's a really good point. A couple of weeks ago, I was at the men's conference, the No Regrets Men's Conference, and just a little plug if uh, to, to attend the conference next year uh, for those who are listening. But one of the speakers uh, focused on Acts chapter 9 and with the calling of uh, the Apostle Paul and his transformation 
and focused on one character that we typically forget, and that's Ananias, who you know God calls to go and meet with the Apostle Paul and or Saul at this you know going by Saul at the time, and I, it, he made the point, and it got me to think that like if what if Ananias Ananias was never did not faithfully hmm. go about just that simple task really of going to have a conversation with the Apostle Paul. I mean, we wouldn't yeah. be sitting here at this table right now right, right. if one person didn't live faithfully in a in really a mundane moment. You know, for every person of prominence and platform and influence, there are so many people that have faithfully invested in their lives. I mean, think about like yeah. Billy Graham Sunday school teachers, you know, what did like yeah, no I'm one sure. will ever know their No one names. will ever know their names. Yeah. But they had an impact and um and you know, maybe in heaven we'll get to find out those those stories. Yeah, here it is in Acts nine. Um you know, God tells Ananias to go meet the Apostle Paul. It says, Ananias went and entered the house, placed his hands on him. This is verse 17. Said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road you were traveling, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the last that we actually hear of this Ananias. Hmm. And I mean, it's so mundane. It's so simple and yet so profound that if he wasn't obedient where he was at, I mean, he probably, I mean, he could have aspired to be the you know, the greatest missionary of all time and travel mm-hmm. the Mediterranean. But his task was this simple thing. So I think it's a great reminder to to, to us. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I think when it comes to, you know, kind of back to this question of making decisions and knowing what what we should do next, I think um, one thing that, that came to me in studying this passage was that, you know, we can, we can, you know, Proverbs 16, 9, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it is good. It is good to make plans. It is, we use our brain, we use our gifts, we're responsible, we're, you know, we're being faithful with, with the resources God has given us by making plans. Um, but, but that God determines our steps. And we see this in, you know, we see this in Paul's story. Um, Paul was going to go to Spain by way of Rome on his way to Jerusalem. And what, what actually happened was he, he did go to Rome, but he went there as a prisoner. Yeah. And, um, and um, I'm sure he didn't write that in his that itinerary. Yeah, that wasn't really how he was. I don't think that was how it was, it, it was planning to go, but almost this idea that, um, that we, it's good to make plans, but it's also good to remember that God is in control and um, God's, you know, God, God is going to have his way yeah. regardless of, of, you know, the, the steps or the missteps that we, yeah. that we make. I like to think of it as like active and passive discipleship. Um, let me just briefly explain what I mean by those because I think this speaks to what you're saying. Like active discipleship being the spiritual disciplines, you know, daily Bible reading and prayer and fasting and those sort of things. And passive discipleship being those things that take place that we don't anticipate, don't expect. Paul being arrested and brought to Caesarea and then being brought to Rome. Um, some diagnosis that we receive, um, you know, getting in a car accident, whatever it might be. But I feel like God uses those moments mm-hmm. to form us more into the image of Christ, you know, for those who have are Christ followers. And I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to write a car accident into my story. I'm not going to write a diagnosis into my story. I mean, those aren't things anybody, any of us desire. 
And yet, we're called to faithfulness in the midst of those, and God uses those to mold us more into the image of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think both of those are important, both the active and passive elements of mm-hmm. discipleship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when Paul, you you mentioned Caesarea, Paul spent some time in Caesarea before he went to Rome as a prisoner. And, and in Caesarea, he had these amazing opportunities to share Christ with people who didn't know about Christ. And, yeah. and we don't know exactly what happened there, or what the response was, but, yeah. but he had that kind of thing that he didn't plan that maybe was would have been perceived as um oh my plans went wrong this is really bad gave gave got you know yeah. it was a place for him to continue to um be faithful yeah. to god maybe just in closing here what what do you think it does to us if we begin to adopt this perspective that we don't have to stress about what's god what's god calling me to next do you think does this do something to us in terms of um, changing our approach to life, for instance. I mean, what's the benefit, I guess, I'm asking of having mm-hmm. this perspective? Yeah, well, I think it just, I mean, I think it can give us um, the ability to be more present in our in our day-to-day life. Um, I think it can give us a, just a sense of peace and, and, and calm. I think it can combat the anxiety that comes from mm-hmm. thinking about the future or obsessing about plans for the future. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think it honors God in, in that it, it communicates a a real trust and reliance on God that it's not, it's not all on us that we're making these plans and controlling all of the circumstances. Um, So I think there are a lot of benefits. I think that's good. I mean, I, I, as one who, I mean, I think I've shared on this show probably a couple of times that I'm one who, wrestles with anxiety and a lot of times it's because you know i think the root cause is like i realize i'm not in control and um certainly not as in control as i think i am or i want to be and i think uh having this perspective like you're saying can help us with minimizing that anxiety placing our trust in god that regardless of what happens um that god is the one who's ultimately in control and it's you know, he's, we, I think, can take comfort in the fact that we know what he's calling us to yeah. at this moment of our lives. Yeah, and, and wondering, like, what, you know, sometimes I think we need to make the question a little bit smaller, not just, like, um, what job should I—I'm I'm trying to think of how to, how, to sh- how to shrink that down. I mean, oftentimes it can be hard to make plans and project— five years out in the future, what we should be doing and what we should, you know, how we should get there. But um, this, I, I think it's pretty easy to know what is the next thing that I need to do? You know, I think, I think for some of us, the, the f- challenge is not getting frozen in fear of planning, but there's always, I, I think it's an easier question to say, what's the next thing that I can do? That's good. I like um, that. And, and there was this poem by Elizabeth Elliot that I closed with and in it, she says, um, do it immediately, do it with prayer, do it reliantly, casting our all care, do it with reverence, tracing his hand who placed it before thee with earnest command, leave all the results, but do the next thing. And I think that's, you know, that makes it, that makes it simple. That makes it easy, but it doesn't make it so huge that it's overwhelming. Yeah, that's good. And that's a great word to end on Christy and appreciated your message on Sunday and this conversation today. This has been helpful for me just to think about, I mean, it's, 
it can get overwhelming. And if we if we start to think five, t- ten years down the road, and I don't think either one of us are saying don't have don't have plans. Don't. Oh, absolutely not. But I think we would both agree that hold them loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as uh, as Elliot says here, you know, to do the next thing and to do so with a posture of prayer and humility. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your time. I I enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I want to thank you all for listening. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit us at calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. Uh, We would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you listen. It also helps if you leave us a review. Uh, We look forward to having you join us again next week.